You are listening to the Fire Pit Podcast. Today we are talking about touch. So not physical touch, but something that I, I guess I didn't invent it, but I invented the name and it, I, I, it was apt because when I was before, well, okay, let me give you a background because I just stumbled down the stairs with my words. I, beginning, well, as I continue to, I don't like the word optimize because that sounds douchey, but like tweak my life. Uh, because I think as a procrastinator and a easily distracted person who is smart and ambitious, I think this is our plight in life. I think a lot of people, I look at them as just, wandering around and they don't seem to care about anything that's probably not true at all but i'm just too hyper focused on oh that took three minutes instead of four minutes or like when i made the coffee and i made my breakfast and i did all my morning routine i had a i had a meeting in six minutes and it took exactly six minutes i was very proud of myself but there was a side of me that was like "Mm, i don't know about that i don't know how good that is for you to be timing things at that level so i've continued to tweak my time management i noticed uh uh with work i would i would time it and then with a personal task that i'm trying to do for like self-edification of piano reading learning a new thing like machine learning or ai that i would time that as well so i looked at them as equal because work has the pull of obligation and I get paid for that, that just takes precedent and it always will. And in my brain, I wasn't accounting for that. So what would happen was, is I would say, I'm going to spend 20 minutes on this work task, which would turn into a million hours because it pulls me in. It's obligatory. It's where I make money. So I'm thinking that they're equal. They're they're not equal. So then that wasn't working. And then when I would do my personal task for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, I would time it, which would end up me watching the timer for half the time and then trying to self-talk, motivate myself to do something that I wanted to do. But because I put a limit on it, it, I looked at it as like, oh, no, someone's telling me what to do. And it's me telling me what to do. But I was pushing against that. So I was like, I, I have these sessions at the end of the week when I evaluate what happened. And I determined this is clearly not working. So what I came up with touch is I call it the touch, the task touch initiative or something like that. And what it is, is I set alarms or I set like an alarm to stop work. So I start work and I set an alarm to pull me out of that, uh, to break my attention. And then when I do a personal task, there's no timer. And I just say, just touch it. That's why I came up with the name. And what happened was uh, I would always try to do this personal task for 15 minutes. And with touch, I would do it for 16 or 20 minutes every time consistently because it didn't have that limit. I didn't have that side of my brain that was bucking the system because, and I'll say this one last thing and then I want to hear your thoughts. When I was homeschooled, 
when I taught myself through high school, uh, I've said this a million times, but it really stuck with me. An intern that I got hired at my company said, being homeschooled is very cool because you get to follow the path of knowledge of a subject that you're looking into or learning to its natural conclusion, meaning it's not divided into semesters. So I've, whether I like it or not, how I grew and how my brain learns, it does not like limitations. If anything, it will go direct opposite to prove that that limitation doesn't exist. So when I was placing a 15 minute timer as small and insignificant as that seems, my brain immediately went into defense mode and self-sabotaged everything I was trying to do. Wow. That's a, it's an interesting, interesting process. I, um, see where do i start i've been touching on some things lately and i appreciated it because we talked about this last time a little bit and so i started to incorporate that into things like you know we were talked about playing the piano because we both do that and then my thing with the writing which i've taken up again it's one of those things that i take it up put it down take it up put it down take it up put it down um and i, I think let me just camp on that for a moment because I mean, it's easy to do things that are easy or things that we're required to do, like you were saying about your job. But there are some things that may be a little bit intimidating because they're bigger than you realize. And so you start getting into it and it starts to get really difficult and you weren't quite ready for that. That was one of the things with writing for me. And let me explain myself. People have told me for the longest time that I'm really good at writing, okay? And bit, and I never stopped to think about what do they mean by that? Um, because it really comes down to the types of things that I was writing that I was good at. I could write poetry. I could write a short blurb on some major event like your grandparents anniversary and I wrote a thing on that and incorporated some humor and talked about the various members of the family and everybody loved it and that was all really good that's a type of writing um, now take that to a whole new level when I started thinking about writing a book a fiction book of all things um, actually now that I think about it nonfiction would be a lot easier because fiction um, the more I got into it, the more I realized what I didn't understand, didn't know, uh, you know, putting, you know, believable characters on a piece of paper and having a, a plot move at a pace that doesn't put you to sleep and uh, knowing where you're going with stuff and, you know, descriptive types of writing and dialogue and the whole bit, a whole lot more than I bargained for. And so what I've done with the touch as far as learning about how to go about this book is I'm giving my t myself time to learn those things, okay? Um, I've read some things that people have written before that they probably should have not put it into print um, because they could have used some time behind the scenes learning how to uh, construct writing that is interesting for people to read 
And I have gained a whole new appreciation for the people who do this thing well. I, I, I mean, it's one thing for you to say, and you've probably heard it before, someone say, man, I picked up this book, I started reading it, and I just couldn't put it down. I mean, I just read it until I finished it. Well, that sounds great, but do you realize the skill that actually went in behind the scenes to to create that kind of a work that it kept you interested in the entire time that's quite a feat now that i'm and now that i'm realizing that i realize that i don't have all those skills down so i'm having to go back to the drawing board and, and learn some of those things but touching on that gives me the freedom to say you don't need to conquer this tomorrow you can build on this. You can learn some things and try to incorporate it um, in maybe some little samples of writing that you're doing and just see how well you capture what the person is saying that, that and when they're trying to teach you this. So touching kind of freed me up a little bit to just say, hey, okay, so it's a bigger task than you thought. Give yourself time to just learn it and just see if it picks up a pace after a while and you begin to see that you're getting better at it. And just like anything, uh, if you are getting better at it, there's a motivation there, an incentive to continue and and uh, not quit. So it's been an interesting process. And, and honestly, I, there were so many times when I thought about just stopping and never going back to the scene because it was so difficult. Um, now I am taking the challenge as this would be something for me. Uh, if I can conquer this, that would be a great achievement for me. So I, I like the touching idea. Like I said, it freed me up not to to have these you know, high expectations and be disappointed because I wasn't learning more in a short period of time. So that's been good. Um, let's see, well, something else that I've, I went back to the piano playing too, because I, I realized, I don't know about you, but I was pretty diligent at playing it for a while. And, and I would, I've been practicing some different pieces that I'm working on. And, uh, but I was really inconsistent and really, really tired of being inconsistent. So <laughs> touching allows me to go and sit down for sometimes only five minutes. Uh, you you don't tend to think of that as being beneficial, and honestly, it's not in the long run, but it does keep you connected to it, and I think that's important um, so that it uh, it keeps you coming back. And there will be those other times, of course, when you sit down and do it for more than five minutes, which are really good. But uh, just sticking with it has been really good. I would argue I like your statement about, well, I'll get to that in a second, about it, you're, you stating like the five minutes may not be worth much. I would argue the opposite. I would say that in my experience, that five minutes of like if there's a task that I want to start, but I, I don't even know where to start. I'm just like, just touch it today. Just look at it. And me looking at it kind of gets the wheels rolling. So I think you touching it for the five minutes, it kind of like, you, you remember, you know how like uh, in some movies they have, or like, like maybe it was an old game with like a stick and they're like the wheel 
down the road and they're just kind of touching it as it rolls down the road. Like I think of it like that. Like I think it really adds to the inertia of the overall experience. So I think with your 20 minute session, it's probably that much more effective because of the previous five minute mini sessions that you had. Because your brain is doing stuff while you think it's not doing stuff. So I, I think when we pay attention to something and we just touch it, that the brain sees it as something important and it just like noodles on it. So, but I really like, so I really think that, and I've experienced that I, uh, just today or yesterday I was having an issue and I only had a second to look at it. And then as the day went on, you know, my brain, I would just have thoughts come in of like, maybe try this or maybe try that, like out of nowhere. Cause my, like my subconscious was working on it. But so I would say, I would state that, um, that I think this five minutes are really, really good. Even, even in piano, um, the thing about piano specifically, and then I'll tell you my other thing that I agreed with, um, I only wanted to play things that I knew and, and then fun stuff. So I wasn't really challenging myself because I was like, oh, I'll just do the Moonlight Sonata. And it's like, right, but you mastered that. And it's like, yeah, but that makes me feel really good. And it's like, okay, well, your sight reading is horrible, so let's do that. And it's like, yeah, but that's boring. And it's like, right, but you don't know how to do it well. And the more I work on the sight reading, like five-year-old, when I'm looking at the pieces and the other thing I did is I set up a, a, um, so for all these personal things I'm doing piano included, I got organized with it. So I listed all the pieces that I want to learn and play for the foreseeable future. Um, and so I would have things like, Oh, I want to play the Rachmaninoff concerto number three, one of the hardest pieces in the world. Are you going to do that first? No, obviously not. That's at the end of the list. But then what, so I kind of rate them by difficulty and then I only work on that piece and then I'll assign a date at which time I will do a concert for my wife. So it kind of sets a date in the future that is arbitrary and I told her about it. So that's the other thing, like telling someone about it and to the people, it's a great experience. You know, she likes to hear it, but for me, it, it like sets that goal of like focus time of do your sight reading, then work on your piece. And then it's very monotonous, but you get somewhere with that. And so the other point that I was going to make that you said that I really agreed with is doing it for yourself. And I think that goes in line with the touch methodology. And, and I, and I have it now I name it TTI. So it's timerless touch initiative. And what it does and doing it for yourself is it really gets back to the basics of I would fall into this trap where I would say, for instance, with Nintendo, uh, I just have to dedicate time to this because I have to beat this game. And it's like, wait, number one, it's Nintendo. It's supposed to be fun. Number two, do you like playing the game? Well, it's really boring, but I have to play this game to play the next game. And it's like, where do these rules come from? So I just stopped playing the game because I didn't like it. And I just played the game that I wanted to play. And then I got back to the basics of like, 
what do I enjoy doing? Why am I doing like like I I don't know if I meant I didn't mention this. So I was reading a machine learning book and it got into the math. And so for me, if I look at it and also like being real with yourself, when I looked at I, I got over halfway through this book, right? Uh, and it's all about like complicated math, machine learning algorithms and recursion algorithm, all these things about AI and all that stuff. When I had a real conversation with myself of, can you do the math? Right, you see the equation, do you know what it means? No. Okay. Then this is a waste of time. What are you reading this book for in your in your office? No, no one's going to come in and be like, wow, you're so smart. You're reading this book that you clearly don't understand. That's actually very dumb. So I just said, I'm going to table it and I'll use it as a reference when I get through more math and I understand the mathematics, then I'll come back to it. But I realized how many things in my life that I was doing just from a standpoint of like validating myself is like, well, I'm smart. It's like you are. No one's arguing that. But. You also have to be smart about how you're using your time, what you're reading, why you're reading it, or why you're playing a dumb game that you don't even like to play. And so I, I totally agree with that. And and it makes it more fun. It frees it up to just be doing it because you really enjoy it. And, and there's none of that stigma associated with it. But I do find my I do have to be very conscientious to not fall into that trap of doing things to do things for other people and not myself. That's interesting. I, um, I, I think there's a, there's so easy to cross that line from doing things that you enjoy and are passionate about to doing things because someone else thinks you should do it. Someone else will be impressed by it. Um, and, and we run across those kind of people all the time. They they like saying things or doing things that impress others, and they love the applause. And it maybe started in kindergarten, but they're still doing it, and they're 40 years old and whatever. And you have to ask, to me, an obvious question at that point is, do you really, are you, are you doing this for yourself? Are you doing it for others? Um, and you lose yourself. And I, I know that I've done that at times, and, and I find that there's still some areas where I'm coming back to a place where I'm okay with me doing this that I'm doing because I love this. I enjoy doing this. I love gardening. I love watching things grow. I love music. I love sitting and playing the piano. And whether I ever get all that good at it or not is not important because I enjoy the process of just doing it. And it is obviously motivational when I get better at it too. But I think some of the outside voices that come in sometimes, like I remember this past week, I was thinking about somebody that I know who I on a category of meaningful life, this person is way at the top. And then I looked at my own life and I thought to myself, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing to live the complete meaningful life that I was destined to be in God's plan? Um, and it's really easy to get hard on yourself um, 
even though everyone's gifted differently, everyone's been raised in a different environment with different parents, you know, there's all kinds of differences. So it's not a it's not a an even playing field as much as we would like it to be. It's not fair. Of course not. There are plenty of people that you know, wish they were you. And here you are wishing you were somebody else, you know, and you don't want to do that. So taking an honest look at your life and saying, these are the things I love to do. I'm going to pursue those things. These are the things I have to do. And so that's okay. I mean, everybody has things in their life that they have to do. You have to pay bills, have to mow the lawn, you know, stuff that isn't you know, all that great or meaningful, but there are things you have to do. But I do want to stay away from being suckered into doing things because the crowd is doing it or someone else that I admire thinks that I should do it and therefore I need to impress them. Um, those are easy traps for certain of us to fall into. And, and um, I, I, I look at my life and there are some things I wished I would have done differently. Yeah, I think the older you get, you have to be very cautious because there are plenty of things that you wish you hadn't done or wished you had done. And as time goes by, there are certain windows that close and you're no longer able to do certain things, or maybe your financial constrictions don't allow certain things. And you could sit and dwell on those things and become a very sour, cynical, depressed person. <laughs> or you could look at what you do have and the abilities you have been given and the opportunities and the people around you who care about you. And um, you can make the most of those things and still find yourself living a very meaningful life, regardless of what's, you know, happened in the past. So um, anyway, I'm not sure all of that has anything to do with touch today, but those are kind of things that have been going through my head lately. No, I think it does, because I, I think at the core, the touch has to do with, you know, not placing limits on yourself or like you're saying with other people. I would I would uh, notice myself asking someone or telling someone, right, like, um, I really like ice cream and they would be like, oh, I hate ice cream. And then I'd be like, oh, yeah, well, I, you know, I only like it sometimes I'd like adjust that was the other thing that I was talking to you the other day that I'm still struggling with. And this kind of hit me in the face. I was talking to a person that I'm getting closer with and it's a, it's a friend and also realizing I haven't like started a friendship in like years. So that's a new experience. And, and noticing that this person was telling me about themselves and I was um, responding with facts about myself that aligned with what they were telling me and identifying with them. And when, and that's what I, and then at the end I felt like, oh, I told them about myself. And oh, I realized that I'm very good at telling people what I am. This is what I do. These are the things I can perform. This is what I bring to the table. I'm very bad or very private and I I hold it back of telling people who I am and it makes me very uncomfortable 
I had a, some, a person in my office asking about certain things that I had in my office, like electronic stuff and all these little gadgets and things that I do as a hobby. I felt extremely uncomfortable. And now I realize why, because those things are indicative of who I am, not what I am. And realizing that about myself and the limitations that I place on myself when, in, when, when interacting with people, and that's why people may not feel as close to me because I do not do a very good job of sharing who I am, what I am all day long. But like who I am is very hard for me. And, and this was just a new revelation for myself. And it kind of went in line with the touch thing. Once the touch thing happened for me, a lot of those things started to open up and I started to see, you know, how I actually do that. So yeah, I think the touch is right in line with limitations we place on ourselves. And for me, it's been a very freeing experience. And I, and I, the end goal was for me to accomplish these things and they're, they're being accomplished. And the other thing I realized is like every day is different and this allows you to pivot because of that. Like I look for these perfect days where everything's going to happen and they don't happen like that. So realizing that oh man the day didn't go perfectly and it's like it never will so you you get what you get and you kind of have to make do with what you have instead of it wasn't ideal therefore it's a wash so i think that i think that's perfectly aligns with with the touch thing with regard to like limitations and stuff that's good yeah i um one of the things i do need to do more is at the beginning of my day, take the time to just think. And it's not about creating a list or what do I have to do today? It's more about just kind of getting my head on straight about what's my purpose today um, beyond my job. Uh, there are people in my life. There are um, things that I haven't encountered yet that it will come across my path am i open to them or am i going to be closed and single-minded about doing my job or doing a particular task so that i i have blinders on and i don't see um <clears throat> i've heard it said that you know the the present is a present that's been given to you are you living fully fully engaged in the present so that you know what's going on around you, because those are things that you most of the time don't control, but you do control how you respond to them. And um, it's real easy to get those blinders on and respond poorly to what's happening. Um, I, your, your mom and I have, I've told you before, I think, that we've limited the amount of news that we watch because so much that's going on, we don't have any control over it. And a lot of times, frankly, it's depressing. Um, and it's not that you don't care and you don't need to be letting yourself feel guilty that you're shutting the news off so that you're just like you're turning off these people that are, you know, what are you going to do for those people? <laughs> uh, so turn around, look at what's in front of you, what's in your present ways that you can engage people, ways that you can encourage others, ways that maybe you can meet a need in your world, not in the world maybe a million miles away, unless you're 
you know, donating money or whatever to some kind of charity, which is fine too. But we um, we can easily get torn in too many directions and totally miss what's right there in front of us. And uh, that's a part of this meaningful life that I'm talking about, that what you've been given, whether it's your job or whether it's the wife that you have or friends or family, or maybe a neighbor in need, or maybe somebody you see at the grocery store that could use some help or something. Those are the things that are in your world that are valuable. You just don't, sometimes we place other things that other people are doing on a much higher level because we think those are more meaningful. But yeah, but that's not in your world. That's not in your sphere of influence. So why do you, why do you let yourself feel bad about that? You know, so anyway. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. Um, I try to do that as well, because you otherwise you just work yourself up to a tizzy, and it doesn't really accomplish much. I I used to be much more like that when I was younger, and I would get in conversations with people, and then I would just like pause at times and look around and be like, "Wow, I am really heated up," and like everybody else is just kind of like, "Ugh." So I kind of like was like, I need to rein it back a little bit. And it's not that people didn't agree with me or, but even if they didn't agree with me, I'm sure they didn't feel comfortable with being like, what do you think about this? And be like, what do you mean? I was just very upset and kind of realizing later in life that I can't just fight everyone in the world. It's just not really going to, and I'm not going to win. The world's going to beat me into submission. So yeah, I agree with that as well, but I'm glad you're like, I'm very glad you're liking it. And I'm glad that it's um, helping with or supplementing you with your writing. That's very exciting. Well, and then, and that's the thing. Um, you know, we are, we're both on this journey of learning about ourselves, right? Um, part of it is learning new things, which is always fun. But I think that the most enduring um, growth happens when we learn about ourselves we learn about, we discover why we're afraid of certain things. We discover, well, just like what you were saying about uh, the way you interact with people that you didn't know about yourself. That's wonderful. I mean, that's growth, you know? Uh, I, I, every once in a while, I have to remind myself, if something happens that makes you flinch because you're embarrassed about something in your mind that maybe you did something Maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe that's you're flinching because there was a time when you didn't. There was a time when that wouldn't have bothered you and you weren't in tune with some of the things you were saying or doing that were really causing heart, you know, harm to other people. Um, So growth is painful, yes, but the more you learn about yourself and the more free you become about being yourself, that's that's a journey well worth taking. Um, difficult, but definitely very um, profitable. So, well, and I, uh, the reason it came top of mind about the what I am, not who I am, is I would get pissed because I would be like, man, these people don't know me, and no one cares about getting to know me, and la la la. And then realizing, like, okay, okay, let's let, because I, I, I talked to my wife about this too it, when, when we're having like a, when she's having like a heated thing or like something's really riling her up and she doesn't know how to like tell this to someone like her and another person. And I was like, okay, here's what I do. Just what are the facts? 
but it's like, well, this made me feel that. And it was like, no, 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 that's irrelevant. What are the facts? And that's really helped her. So I applied it to myself and I was like, what are the facts, right? They can't get to know you if you don't tell them stuff about yourself. It's impossible. They're not going to like investigate you or be like, ask these really probing questions. If you, and by not giving them a lot, I'm not giving them permission to ask deep questions. So I have no clue if they actually are deep or anything, but I'm just very good at mimicking and mirroring because that came from a place in my life where I wanted to be accepted and I wanted everybody to like me. So I just became this person that everybody liked, which I realized that the last time we were at a family funeral and it dawned on me, no one has an issue with me here. I get along with everyone. And the amount of personalities in this room is a lot. And not everybody should not, I should not rub everybody the right way. Like I should rub some people the wrong way. But because I'm so amicable and I present myself in such a way, they don't really know me. So, th so that's how I came to that conclusion of like, wow, I'm really not. And that's a slap in the face for them too. It's like, they're trying to get to know me and I'm giving them stupid things like, well, I work, I work in this. It's like, that's awesome. Well, I really like uh, uh, that burger. It's like, great. That didn't tell me anything, but mm -hmm. so that's what I, so that's how that, and I, and I appreciate that comment and the growth is definitely hard. What I'm realizing later in life is growth is very, uh, it hits me in the face. <laughs> and then I realize like, oh, wow. I've, and then you kind of like, it's like all this flashbacks of your life. And you're like, I've done this since I was 15. Yeah. I'm 39. <laughs> like, well, and, and I'll tell you something else, you know, I, uh, at my age, um, and I'm looking back and I'm thinking about there are certain things that I wished I could have figured out, but I went for years and years and years with not really understanding about myself. And I think what you're saying about being open and honest with people, you actually learn about yourself. The answers that you're seeking, so many of them seem to be uh, found in the context of community when you're open with the people, you know, and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and willing to accept feedback, even if it may not be particularly pleasant. Um, but maybe that's what you need to hear, <laughs> you know? Well, and not, and, and I'll end with this and I know I'm going on, but, but it did touch a, which may be another podcast idea. Um, I, I blamed everybody else and, and, and I realized what I was doing, it, it was always someone else's problem, right? Someone was, wasn't deep. They don't really care about me. They don't really want to get to know me. And so I realized like, sometimes take a look at yourself and I'm too, I realized I was too quick to dismiss that. And, you know, I've had this issue in the past with being married, you know, your person that you're married to, if you have good communication, will tell you that you're not God's gift to the earth, even though oh, I don't think that, but it's like your behavior states that you do think that, right? You can't just be an expert at everything. And like she even said that one of the things that I'm learning too, that's very helpful, and it hit me in the face too, was um, what is this? Like just asking a question. I, and we realized it was such a struggle for me to say, I don't know. 
So now it's at, now she'll ask a question and she'll be like, I don't know is an appropriate answer. And I don't know what it is, but I like, it's like fingers on the chalkboard. I like for me to say, I don't know. I don't know why that's so difficult. I feel like I have to have an answer, but that was another thing that, but yeah, just listening and, and it's not everybody else's fault. You know, God gave you somebody that has really been tough on you. <laughs> um, and rightfully so, but that's, and it's not because you're a bad person or, you know, got way far, far to go. It's, it's more about being insightful. You know, I, as you were talking, I was thinking about how we give off an aura to people. You walk into a room and sometimes you, you yourself will look at somebody, you haven't met them yet, but just by the way they carry themselves, by the way they, their facial expressions and whatever else, you, you get a sense of what kind of person they are. You think, it's, it's, you know, it could be way off base, but it's all based on just observation. And then maybe they'll say some things and you'll get more data to, to go on so that you'll make some more uh, conclusions about this person. Um, but, but when you realize that the ones that you're drawn to the most aren't the people who are bragging about how great they are and the different things that they've done, but they're the people who are, man, they're just like an open book. They're very transparent. They're not, offensive and in, in being transparent, but they're just, you, you, you realize in a very short period of time that what you see is what you get with this person and you're drawn to that because it's real, you know, and that's what you want to be. You want to be a real person. You want to be comfortable with yourself. That's the other thing I would say about that. People can tell when you're comfortable with who you are. And so that's, that's a, that's a goal well worth seeking after is becoming comfortable with the skin you're in, you know? Yeah, totally. Which has been an issue apparently for a very long time for me, <laughs> but it's nice to, it's nice to know that it's also like giving yourself grace too. So that you don't really come down hard on yourself because mm -hmm. you're learning things that you didn't know before. And they say in engineering, you don't know what you don't know, which is very dumb, but it's very profound and very true. So uh and one last thing I would say about that, the things that you're tough on yourself, maybe in sharing those things with others, there's somebody that needs to hear that. You know, God puts us in the path of people who who need what you've gone through. And so it's always great to be able to share your journey with others. And then somebody's eyes light up and they say, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. So it's fun to know that you're encouraging someone else by just being honest about your own journey you know no, so, I agree. well that's all i had well, that's all I, that was a good one yeah so and we did it again we're being consistent i said i celebrate that every time but uh, <laughs> that's because we're not if we look at we're not super consistent but but it's been really busy lately so but, but, but we, we did it so but we good. touched on it so that's good right we touched it yeah <laughs> we touched on it well that's good. we'll do another we'll do a podcast in the future where we'll touch and it'll be like 30 seconds long and mm, there you go but yeah i think that was good <laughs> yeah well okay buddy i'll talk to All you right. later All right, bye